Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 313. Um, we're this is going to be a great discussion between me and Cindy Nickerson, my new co-host for the WP Tonic Show. Cindy, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. Uh, thank you very much. Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Nicholson. I'm from the coursewhisperer.com, and I help entrepreneurs who are wanting to scale their business and and create an online course. I help them with the creation and the development of that content so that they can... Uh, scale and create raving fans so thanks for having me here jonathan that's great um we're going to go straight into the the meat of this episode folks um We've had some technical troubles um, this morning where uh, we normally record on Wednesday morning. And also Cindy's in a room where she's got no air conditioning and I think she's suffering a bit, folks. <laughs> so um, we hopefully get the meat of this show done and then um, have a, a bit of a chat with Cindy about um, her agreeing to be my new co-host, which is great news. I'm really excited. Um, before we go into the main part of this episode which will be about um, some of the mistakes I see a lot of people making when it comes to doing their first course with WordPress. Uh, um, it was a presentation that I'd done recently with um, with the Lifter LMS team, Chris Badgett, um, and I got a great response. So I thought it would be something to share with you, the listeners and viewers um, but before we go into that, I want to quickly talk about our sponsor, Kinsta. Kinsta Hosting, Manage WordPress Hosting, and they're just fantastic. We host the WP Tonic website with Kinsta. They provide staging sites, daily backups, great support, and they've got a great interface design. You can select what version of PHP you want to run. You don't have to send a message to your hosting provider. And, the, and also a number of other features which will be too long to list in this advert for Kinsta. We run the WP Tonic website on Kinsta and some of my clients' websites. They're just fantastic. If that's really of interest to you, go to the WP Tonic website. There's all kind of banners and links on the website to Kinsta. They are affiliate links. If you use one of those for your own website or for client websites, you'll be helping the show. So let's go into it, Cindy. And um, like I said, I did this presentation, the four... The four fatal flaws of your online course project and how to avoid them. So, um, I, I, I really see a pattern, Cindy, with some of the mistakes that people make when it comes to getting their false, their first course done. Um, first of all, would you agree with that? That you've also noticed a pattern. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, when you're creating a course for the first time, there's a lot involved. So it's inevitable that things are going to go wrong. Um, or there's going to be hiccups along the way, shall I say. And uh, the beauty is, is that um, you've got people like you that can kind of help you f sort through them 
so you don't have to be alone as you go through the process. So maybe Jonathan, you can uh, share with us, uh, you know, some of the, some of those technical struggles or even just any struggles that people have when they're launching their course for yeah. the first time. Well, I think the number one thing I've learned by helping clients with um, with their courses and that is they, they get hung up about the technology. It's very similar to websites, really, Cindy, a general business website. They're all about finding the right platform, WordPress or some, you know, if somebody, you know, in amazement would choose anything rather than WordPress, but uh, they do, but they get really um, hanged up about the technology, Cindy. And what they should be concentrating on is, do I have an audience for my course? That's what they should be really concentrating on. Would you agree with that, Cindy? Absolutely. It, uh, there's just, it, 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 they're just as, uh, that's really where you want to start is um, having the audience, but also knowing the right audience that you're directing it towards too. Now, that's easy for me to say, but um, it's got easier to see if you ha- do have a call. Uh, there is an audience and they might be interested in what you propose to provide in your course because there's a host of Facebook groups, um, websites from um, influencers in the area where you're, you're going to build your course um, you could do um, like with um, Survey Monkey. You could ask questions in specific WordPress, not WordPress, Facebook groups, and saying that you're thinking of doing a course. What would be some of the areas that people would be interested in? There's just a a, a host of ways that you could do some pre-research before you decide to build out this fabulous course and spend hours of time building something with the, you know, with, um, with the possibility, I'm not saying this would be the case, but the possibility that you've built a really fantastic course for yourself, but your target audience isn't really that interested in it. What do you reckon, Cindy? Yeah, absolutely. Because so not only do you want to build your audience, you want to build the audience of the right people and uh, uh, really getting to understand who they are, what their struggles are, what is it that you're specifically going to help them with. um, That kind of goes hand in hand with just building your audience in the first place. So another part of this is that we've got to be realistic. The environment for courses has changed over the past five years. It has become a lot more competitive. But the web itself has become a lot more competitive. You know, look at the amount of email you received. Look at the different social media channels that five, six years ago just weren't there. Uh, um, Slack, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube. There's a host of, of um, competing um, areas of the web and they're competing basically for your time basically. So how do you deal with that? What I mean is just doing a course in certain areas, you will be entering a very competitive um, area unless you've got a very established large audience and you're offering very excellent value. It is going to be difficult. A lot of people deal with that is by spending, inflating the value of their course 
what I mean by all the bells and whistles in the course, what you should be looking to overcome this is finding a niche in a market. What I mean is that you've got to find, you know, the beauty of the internet is that um, something that you might be passionate or be the expert on in your local city or region, there wouldn't be enough people to provide a um, in, interest level or income that would sustain this business. But we're dealing with the web here. So your audience is the possibility of, of the audience that you could touch is much wider. So um, it comes to what we've just previously said. You really want to do your, you know, ask questions, join online groups. But then you can also find a, by doing that research, a niche. What do you reckon, Cindy? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that one of the, um, when people are putting a course together, they end up putting something uh, that's too broad. And as a result, when you build a course for everyone, you're building it for no one. And it's too hard to, uh, to solve a particular pain point for your audience unless you get very specific in what you're solving. And then you won't get the audience to take your courses if you haven't really honed in on a specific uh, pain point or challenge that you solve for your audience because that's what they're looking for. That's why they're buying your course in the first place, I feel. That's great. Um, so we've dealt, do, you know, find out what your uh, intended niche audience by joining Facebook groups. You should have be doing this six or three or four, you know, four months before you even consider um, what course you might build just to confirm that you're on the right track. And also, um, based on my experience, and I think Cindy was totally agreeing with this, is that people tend, they think they've got a dish, but what they should do is, I'm not sure this word exists, Cindy. I have a habit of creating words when I think they're, I, I like the sound of them. They should nicheify even more. That They need to, to look at a niche of a niche. Would you agree with that, Cindy? Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, right. I hear you. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I don't know if that's coming from my side. No, it's all right. Um, so, so how do you build an audience? That's the other factor. You know, a lot of people will build a course, folks, and um, then they think people will come to them. Um, obviously, doing your research and finding a niche of a niche does help because obviously there will be less competition, online competition in that niche. Your, your message is more targeted. Those things do help folks. But on the other hand, um, it's still probably a crowded market to some extent. What I mean by crowded is that there's a lot of shiny objects out there, even for your targeted audience. There's a, they're bombarded now by online messaging offers you, you what you're even doing all the things we've i've just outlined you're competing with all that barrage all that sound right so how do you build up a, a pre um launch course launch audience i i think one of the most excellent ways i'm going to recommend some things here and they're 
time intensive, but they're not financially intensive. I would say number one, if you've done what we've previously outlined is podcasting. Um, it's how I've built an audience over the past three and a half years, um, touched many people. It's uh, It has the power of radio people. Um, you get a very low audience um, and it's just a way of meeting and becoming seen as an expert in your particular niche. What do you reckon, Cindy? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really another avenue for people to get to know, like, and trust you, right? So it's a way for them to kind of understand who you are, how you convey your messages, and, you know, for them to get to know you so that they feel comfortable, you know, signing up for one of your courses. That's great. Um, another thing that's really very, very powerful is YouTube, um, especially in the educational area. Um, um, a lot of people say, well, why should I use Tubu um, and offer free content um, of based on my knowledge and experience? Well, it is a balance, folks. But um, in my experience, I've found a lot, there is a lot of good content on YouTube, but um, also have, have, have had loads of frustration with the information shared by people on YouTube because um, you don't know what their experience, um, that, you know, when I'm dealing with a particular subject, you do a search on YouTube about a particular problem. You have no idea if they really are know what they're talking about. But um, as a way, as a, just an opener to show people and to publicise um, y- yourself, um, producing videos on YouTube um, in that niche area, properly, properly tagged in the right way so they do show up when people do searches in YouTube is a great way of building an audience. What do you think, Cindy? Yeah, absolutely. If, if I'm ever wanting to learn how to do something, I'm always going to YouTube to figure it out. And uh, so if you're in the business of teaching people how to do something, the YouTube is a great platform to kind of uh, convey your message, but also get found as well. Um, another area, obviously, is Facebook. But Facebook, obviously, because of of um, so many people wanting to advertise on there, is it's becoming um, very congested and expensive, um, especially if you're not prepared to pay for advertising. And I'm only meaning this at people that are time rich but might be financially um, trying to build up a business. So you've got to watch the pennies. But um, the good news is Instagram is a great way of building an audience. Um, A lot of people forget of the power of Instagram, putting, um, tagging your images correctly, um, um, hashtagging them correctly. And it's just, it's a growing medium and it's a medium to publicize your content. You should not forget about it. What do you reckon, Cindy? Yeah, I, I agree. So how so Jonathan, here's a question for you. What how do they decide what platform like they should try and build their audience on? That's a great question, Cindy, which I'm gonna answer when we come back from our break. We're going right. for our, we're going for our break, folks. It's amazing how the time goes. Um, and we'll be back in a few moments. 
Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back it's really gone quick this is going to go quick we're probably not going to be able to go through every part of my presentation but in the show notes i'm going to have links to the full webinar that i did with chris badgett um, CEO of Lifter LMS a few weeks ago and you'll be able to watch the whole thing if you found this interesting um, to answer your question that, that was a very insightful question actually Cindy you get top marks and I knew Cindy's the smart, smartest part of our um, duo uh, um, so that is a great question because you can't do it all folks you'd be better to select one of these platforms and building up audience before you go on to the next one. Yes, you, uh, the good thing about video is a lot of people say, yeah, you know, produce content and push it out to multiple um, social media streams. It really doesn't work that well. The only thing that does work, which is video, Funny enough, video is very exchangeable on different social media networks. Um, other content, um, because of the way that that social media, that particular social media works, and its um, audience type, and that multi-purposing content isn't so effective. So, I'll, to answer your question quickly, Cindy, is choose which one that your that you like the most that you you that you feel comfortable using the most because that it will become it will be a much more easier process for you to build that initial audience did i answer that question cindy absolutely jonathan thank you right i think it made some sense didn't it um <laughs> on to a name another main topic of my presentation with chris um, a couple of weeks ago, is what I call uh, a minimum, uh, a minimum viable course, and really I've taken it from startup mythology, a minimum viable product, and I just call it the minimum viable course. Is that people do tend to get fixated about having the perfect ignition, initial course, but we've got to be balanced here, you know. Um, you know, it's, your first course has to be of some standard and offer some value, but there's a balance here. What do you reckon, Cindy? Absolutely. And and what you just said is exactly it, Jonathan. People often get hung up and don't move forward with getting that course uh, created because they're worried about it being perfect. And uh uh, you are going to be able to assess whether it's perfect. It's going to be your audience. So that's the best it's best to get what you can out there and then be open to the feedback so that you can massage the course to help um, based on the feedback that you get from your audience. So having something out there, something something out there and done is better than not at all. So good way to look at it. Cindy's just, just um, 
said the magic words, their feedback. And it's really linked to what, what we said in the first half of the show, folks, is that you might have a course, a subject, and you might think it really gives value to your target audience. But without research and without some back and forth input from your target audience, you're making educated guesses here. And like your course, even if you've done, you niche-defied, I hope that word does exist because I just love it. And um, also, you know, joined Facebook groups. You've done all the things that we've mentioned. And also you've started to build your own audience through podcasting, YouTube or Instagram. Um, and you need feedback about that initial course because with, with all the things we've just mentioned, you still, it, you don't know which parts of the course are really working and which parts aren't. And this is a new enterprise for you and it's going to take a little while for you to really judge what works and what doesn't. What do you reckon, Cindy? Yeah, absolutely. You don't need to worry about perfection. And the, the beauty of the internet is everything is changeable and modifiable and fixable. So it nothing is etched in stone when you put an online course together. So just getting it out there is probably is the most important thing. I'm not a great believer offering a free course. I think I think I'm more I'm more um I'm happy with you doing some YouTube um, videos and your first course to be good value, um, to be at that minimum viable course and it to be fairly priced and not to be at a price that could stop people from considering it. But I'm also not a great fan of your first course being free because free tends to be very undervalued. Um, but after you've built your first course um, and you, you might be on your second and third more developed courses, you're, you could then offer that first course as a free course um, for some information from people, their name, their email, um, just to get people into your marketing funnels where then you can market to them for your more expensive courses. What do you reckon, Cindy? Yeah, I think the challenge with offering free courses is uh, your clients don't have any skin in the game at that point. So chances are they may not finish what you create. They may not take the steps that they need in order to get the transformation from the course because they haven't got anything invested. And so by actually having, by charging them something is actually a good thing for your clients. You're, you're more apt to get a better outcome if you actually charge something um, from your, from your clients still provide the free information, you know, through the platforms you kind of discussed. But um, if you're looking for them to actually get a transformation from your course and get the raving fans that you're looking for, um, it will be harder if you're offering it for free. Now, on to another main subject, and this will depend if you've gone for um, um, uh, hosting yourself and using the great power of WordPress and building something that you really own, or you've decided to go to a SaaS a solution like Kajabi. If you're going to something like Kajabi or Learnable, 
um, you have no control over the the speed. And we're talking about speed of page loading and your website loading. Obviously, when you go to a SaaS, I'm sure that Kajabi have invested a lot of money into their server network um, and when you go it loads great but as as a SaaS becomes more 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 popular it has to invest a lot of money in its um, hosting infrastructure um, and that costs a considerable amount of money where on the if you're going with the self-hosted um, and using the power of WordPress and some of the great membership learning management system plugin solutions in that ecosystem, um, speed is of importance because um, people are busy, especially on mobile devices. They will probably, um, I'm not saying that you use a mobile device to actually take your course but um, to actually find out about your course and come to some decision uh, about them wanting to join. A lot of the people that are going to come to that website are going to be on mobile devices. And um, with desktop, tablet or mobile, speed is really important. People are impatient. They will not, they will not stay on a site that's really a laggard and that won't load. But I see so many people that come to us that are using shared hosting plans um, from, uh, I won't name the providers, but very cheap shared hosting providers, and it just will not work, Cindy. Um, If you're, I've got some recommendations. If you are on a a tight budget and you're looking for a a good value plan, uh, I think SiteGround and their medium WordPress product, which I think is GoGeek. That could be their top one. But the medium one, which is normally at around $14 a month, but for the first year, um, they offer it at around $5. Um, That really is a bargain. And there is shared hosting, um, but SiteGround don't put as many websites on their shared hosting servers as some of the very other very popular services do and the way that um, your membership a membership website a learning management website works you you it's going to require more resources than the average website do you think i'm right about that cindy it's something that people don't think about Absolutely. I think the assumption is everything has the same speed. (laughs) And speed is important when it comes to doing any type of learning like this online, like more and more people have very little patience for delays and stuff. So um, I think that the assumption is that everybody is the same. It really is. Um, There's a lot more detail in the thing, um, but I'm going to go on to the last main subject, and that's security. And security is like insurance. It's dull. Um, People don't see the value. Who would would hack my little course website? And and, um, doesn't my hosting provider deal with all that? I hear these things. And it's understandable because you're dealing with a lot of things here. So things that... But just like insurance, when you have a road crash or a health issue, um, the value of the, pe- the 
initially it's just price. You get, we all do it. Um, but when something happens, you find, was it as a good value as you initially thought? It comes with security. Dealing with a really hacked website, it, even if you bring in somebody like WP Tonic to help you, um, is still going to be an extremely frustrating, painful experience, which you will not want to happen again to you. Um, the best of way to avoid getting your site hacked, and it's not individuals out there that are hacking. Sometimes it is, um, but the 95 to 98% of hacking is done by scripts, um, bolts, automatic processes that are scanning for weaknesses in your WordPress or self-hosted website. It's an area where one of the other reasons why people probably look at SASs like Kajabi to host their site. But it shouldn't be a main factor if you do the basic things around security. And by doing that, you will avoid a lot of pain. I can't, in this actual podcast, go into great detail on that. Like I say, there will be links in the show notes that will take you to my um, webinar with Chris. And also, we've got some great blog posts that go into a lot more detail around security and some of the things you can do to avoid getting your site hacked. Um, We're getting close to the 30-minute mark. It's gone quick, as it's in you. How well have I done, Cindy? (laughs) I think that each of the four topics that you've talked about probably could be broken down into its own um, podcast in and of itself because there's so much more that uh, you can learn or share with your audience about how to kind of overcome some of these things. So are you excited about becoming my co-host and are you looking forward to, even though you're melting at the present moment? That's okay. I'd rather be melting than freezing. Um, uh, No, this is great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting with the the guests on the show and learning more about it and and having a real good discussion about it. Because ultimately for me, it's all about you know, leveling up the quality that we've got in memberships and online courses that we've got out there. And this is a great medium to offer, to allow that to happen. Yeah, I think together um, we'll be able to cover some great areas. Um, You know, it's a little bit of a dirty secret in the online course is people bailing out on courses. Um, I think there's a lot about, we can talk about, about how to manage your calls how to the onboarding process there's so many areas that we can discuss in the coming months in this Cindy, to really help um our listeners um a lot of our um we've got a very diverse listening and, and viewing um audience i know a lot of you are designer developers I know a lot of you also have your own online courses, online businesses, or people in general that are interested in WordPress to start an online business in some way. And hopefully um, the course learning area is a great way to build, even in 2018, if it's done in the right way, build a sustainable, great business. Do you still think that, Cindy? I still do, Jonathan. All good here. Right. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, Cindy, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Cindy? Absolutely. They can uh, visit me at thecoursewhisperer.com and uh, you can send me a message if uh, if you want to chat more about what your course uh, options are. 
And if you want to talk to me, you can book a time on the website. Um, I'm always available to have a 15 to 30 minute consultation. Um, if you've got any problem, want any advice about courses, um, learning management system, which technology recommendations, um, I'm there for you. Uh, I love chatting to our audience and helping people in general. And we'll see you next week where we have an interview or somebody on the online marketing space or in e-learning and the education online area as well that will offer you some value, some insight to build your business and have success in 2018. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.